0: There are significant benefits of supplier diversity programs that expand far beyond just increasing your spend with diverse suppliers. Benefits are realized in the areas of positive community impact and positive external economic impact. There are also additional benefits. One of these was a positive impact on the company's brand image in terms of its consumer base, as well as the image with its employees. And finally, maybe most surprising, some of our respondents are enjoying cost reductions Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. Um, Welcome to today's Business Acceleration Podcast. My name is Vicky Kavan, and I'm an advisor in European procurement and P2P practice where I work with procurement leadership teams across the biggest and best brands in the world, sharing hack insights and resources to support their transformation journeys. I will be your moderator for today's conversation on supplier diversity, and I'm delighted to be joined by two of my colleagues, Elizabeth Sucker from our North American practice, and Amy Hilcox, who is the Senior Research Director for Procurement and P2P. Both ladies have at least 25 years of experience in procurement, supply chain, P2P and working capital. Hello, ladies. Hi, Vicky. Thanks for being here with me today. So the three of us recently presented on a member webcast discussing some of the results from the most recent supply diversity study that we ran at Hackett. To kick us off, Amy, maybe I could ask you to give us a little bit of context on the study, please.
2: Yeah, great. Thank you, Vicki. We ran our supplier diversity study for 2022. Now, supplier diversity is a topic that from, you know, Hackett's perspective, we've been studying since about 2005. Typically, it's a study that we'd run every couple of years. So we sort of keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on with supplier diversity. And traditionally, it's been a topic that's been very relevant for our North American advisory members, not as top of priority for our European member base. But one of the things that we've seen over the last couple of years is we've been getting a lot of questions from European organizations on how to to start up supplier diversity programs in those regions. So even though we ran a supplier diversity study last year in 2021, we decided to run another one this year in 2022. Now, this has given us the opportunity to do a couple of things. First of all, we were able to have a look at what's actually going on from a global perspective. So we structured the study so that we could ask sort of a set of questions about generally overall, what are some of the characteristics of your supplier diversity program? And then we had regional deep dives. We had about a set of 20 questions, same set of questions we asked for each region. And the regions that we looked at were North America, Europe, APAC, Latin America and the Middle East and Africa. And by structuring the survey this way, we've gotten some really good insights into what is actually going on with supplier diversity in the different regions and, you know, how that compares. And the other thing that we were able to do with this study is because we were taking an in-depth look. We were actually able to create what we would call a top performer peer cut of the data. So we're able to have a look at the data and say, you know, if we look at all of the companies who participated in this and we look across a couple of, of key metrics and other data points, who's actually really good at supplier diversity? So those companies that are really good at supplier diversity, we put them into our top performer group, and then everybody else in the data set is in our peer group. And then we're also able to take that and say, okay, well, we know based on the performance that we have this group of top performers that is doing really well in this space, but what else do they do? So we're able to provide insights with some of our top performer and peer data cuts to say, we know these are the companies that do really well with supplier diversity, and these are the practices that they're using to get themselves there, which I think really helps companies who are looking at how can I improve? How can I expand? How can I do more within the, my sort of my supplier diversity remit to be focused on
1: what are the key activities and things that they should be looking at
2: to improve their journey.
1: Thanks, Amy. And maybe I can pick up specifically on the point around geographical expansion. And Elizabeth, maybe I can bring you in to talk a little bit more about how that looks in the latest results. Yeah, thanks, Vicky. I don't think it's any surprise to anyone that what we found is that all of
0: top performing companies and nearly all peer companies have supplier diversity programs in North America This obviously goes back to a history of supplier diversity that really started in the U.S. in the 1950s and 1960s. The results from the other regions, as we looked around the globe, are promising too. In Europe, we found that 75% of top performers have supplier diversity programs. That confirms our prediction, as Amy just mentioned, that supplier diversity has become a higher priority in the region. And that Europe is catching up after lagging behind North America and primarily the U.S. for so long. It's maybe more exciting, though, is what's going on in APAC in Latin America. What we found in these two regions is that in both cases, 50% of top performers have programs here, and we really expect that number to grow and continue to uh, expand. We also see, on the other hand, that peer companies are lagging in both these regions significantly, and that is just a, a reminder to us that there's still a long way to go. And then in Africa and the Middle East, we really do see the greatest room for growth. Only 38% of top performers are telling us that they have programs in these regions. Overall, the results are very exciting. At least 38% of top performers can say that they have a truly global supplier diversity program, and 75% can say their program is at least international. We'd expect to see a continued expansion of supplier diversity outside of North America in years to come. But we also expect that the United States will continue and North America, of course, will continue to be the standard bearers for the other regions.
1: Thanks, Elizabeth. And I suppose for me, the data point that was really interesting that came out of the study was all of those companies who have expanded into the European market have consistently started with the UK in that scope. And I suppose for me, that raises a number of questions about why I'm I'm making some assumptions about around potentially the language point of view. But something that's worth noting is the complexity with all of the different countries that we have in Europe, in addition to the different languages, you know, we've got the different sets of laws. So some questions that you can ask of your suppliers in some countries are not considered to be appropriate or legal in some other European countries. So I think there are a number of challenges that our members are seeing in this space. Yeah, you make a very good
2: point about the challenges, Vicky. And, you know, what I often find with across many different topics is that sometimes the topics that seem conceptually simple actually tend to be very executionally difficult, if that makes sense. So conceptually, we have suppliers who come from diverse backgrounds. We want to increase the spend and the opportunities that we have with those suppliers. Very simple concept, but actually making that happen is where the difficulty comes in, if you like, and the challenges. And we did ask the the participants about some of the challenges that they're seeing with implementing their supplier diversity programs. And I'm going to cover off the top three And then I'll go over another one that is just one of my favorites, so I'll cover that one off as well. So the first one that people cited with 88% saying that was either a moderate or significant challenge was the ability to find quality, diverse suppliers in some spend categories. And if you kind of think about this, you know, if you think about your own suppliers and who you're buying from, quite often, you know, some of your Suppliers that you might use that are large multinationals might not have the diversity certifications or credentials. So sometimes, particularly if you're in some of your direct material spend areas, it might be difficult to find quality suppliers in this area or to find suppliers that have gotten themselves certified as being diverse. They might be diverse, but they don't have the certifications that are required, which is the second challenge that people find, which was 69% cited. Uh, certifications are difficult to collect and manage on an ongoing basis. And then the third main challenge that people are seeing is with uh, limited resources that have the expertise in supplier diversity programs. This is actually having the people internally within your procurement team that have the expertise to help you to drive and adopt supplier diversity practices. And then one of the other challenges that came out fairly high in in the risk was how hard it is to get your organization to adhere to your supplier diversity program policy. I find this to be a very interesting challenge, because when I look at the topic of supplier diversity, for me, it's so much more than just a policy. So if your challenge is getting people to adhere to the policy, I think fundamentally what you need to be doing is to start thinking about what else do we need to put into place to enable our supplier diversity program. Interestingly, we also asked some of our respondents about, we actually we asked all of our respondents about their diversity and inclusion culture, culture sort of broadly uh, across the organization. And what we found is that with top performers, they had adopted a much wider range of diversity and inclusion initiatives to support both the corporate culture as well as the diversity of the workforce itself. And I think that really goes to show that when you look at the culture, if you want to Promoting and being successful within your supplier diversity programs, it's very useful to have that underpinned with a wider culture that support, supports diversity and inclusion within your organization.
1: And it's almost like it comes more naturally to the people, then, less need for a specific formal policy if it's understood to be the right thing to do. Yes, absolutely. Okay, sounds good. Those are interesting challenges. Thank you. And what are, what about on the flip side? What are companies saying about the benefits that they're able to achieve?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting cuz you know, we you could you can talk about the challenges with supplier diversity and, you know, how do you actually, you know, get that embedded? But on the flip side in terms of some of those benefits, You know, you need to make sure that the effort and the hard work that you're going to put into place to enable your supplier diversity is worth it. And we did ask our participants, what kind of benefits are you seeing coming out of your supplier diversity programs? And uh, unsurprisingly, most of them reported that they are seeing an increased level of diverse supplier spend. That was sort of the number one option that they all selected, but then coming beyond that, maybe Elizabeth, you can walk us through some of the other benefits that were reported. Yes, Amy,
0: you're right. There are significant benefits of supplier diversity programs that expand far beyond just increasing your spend with diverse suppliers. And this occurs both for top performers and their peers. Benefits are realized in the areas of positive community impact and positive external economic impact both of which were sort of the original reasons why supplier diversity initiatives began in the first place. And so while those benefits are core to supplier diversity, there are also additional benefits that our respondents noted. One of these was a positive impact on the company's brand image. Turns out that there's both a benefit for the company in terms of its consumer base and its external image, as well as the image with its employees, actually employees that see Initiatives such as supplier diversity and other social responsibility goals tend to feel more engagement with their organizations. An additional benefit as well is the fact that companies are enjoying more collaboration with some of these small new suppliers. And this has resulted in creative solutions, innovation, and even some unique additional benefits. And finally, maybe most surprising, because we often hear companies say that they expect spend to be higher with supplier diversity companies in terms of cost is that some of our respondents are enjoying cost reductions from their diverse supply database. So based on the survey and the results, we feel like the findings are clear. Supplier diversity programs have the ability to drive far greater advantage, both for the diverse suppliers that they support, as well as the buying company, and then also the greater community at large. Given this, Developing capabilities and expanding supplier diversity programs should be a priority for all companies so that they can truly enjoy the greatest possible value out of these efforts.
1: Okay, good. This is definitely the kind of insight that's going to be really useful for companies who are at that stage of formulating their plans and maybe putting together a business case at the moment. I think it's going to be an interesting area to watch unfold as well, because some of those benefits are potentially more difficult to actually quantify than they are to describe at this stage. Now, another point during the the webcast that you two discussed were some really fascinating points around the range of program maturity and other recent trends that you've seen. So could I ask you both just to pull out kind of one key takeaway that you think would be useful or thought-provoking for the listeners?
0: Well, for me, Vicky, I was looking closely at the trends and I think that A key takeaway that I would want to make sure everyone was aware of is that supplier diversity program success and the benefits that we were just sharing really is the result of investment. This is not, as Amy said before, this should not just be a policy or a compliance effort, but supplier diversity should be seen as a value driver for the company. But that means in order to achieve that value, that means that procurement teams need to make sure they're investing time. In doing such things is addressing the challenge of too few suppliers by perhaps looking for ways they can develop new diverse suppliers that can support their business. It also means that they need to make sure that they're, as they're developing these suppliers and creating these new supplier relationships, that they're investing in advanced management tactics, such as looking for ways to better nurture collaboration and trust with their diverse suppliers. In fact, that's developing those trusting relationships is really going to be the way that companies can, procurement teams in particular, can get the most out of these new sources of creativity, of potential innovation, and even other value benefits.
2: Yeah, I would agree with with everything that Elizabeth just talked about. I'm all about moving beyond the policy and making it actionable. And when I think about that in terms of the, the context, because I think we mentioned at the beginning that one of the aims of this study was to look at sort of you know, regionally what's going on. But I think it's safe to say that generally speaking within North America, the programs have been around for longer. They're also participants are reporting them as being more mature more established more advanced in what they're doing when you compare that to Europe or Asia Pacific and if i within that context so if i was sitting in north america and i have a well established program and i'm looking for further opportunity i'd probably be looking at things like are there spend categories areas where we haven't really worked with suppliers within that spend area. So looking to sort of expand the scope of the spend that you're covering with some of your supplier diversity activities. And potentially, if you're a North American company, you haven't moved into another region looking to expand your regional footprint, so to speak. And I think one of the things that North American companies have in terms of an advantage when they are expanding into other regions, and this is where I think if i European company or I'm a company in APAC and I don't have the history of the experience with supplier diversity you really should be thinking about how do I architect a supplier diversity program that's going to work within the context that I'm working in. And we mentioned that, you know, within Europe, the supplier diversity picture is still a little bit of a framework, but then if you kind of think about, okay, I have, you know, 20 plus countries in in Europe, where do I actually focus? So first question is where do I even want to put a program into place? And then if I am going to try to establish a program, I have to answer that first question around which diversity groups that I want to include in my program. And I wouldn't get too hung up on whether or not I'm selecting the right groups. You can always sort of pivot and change, but I would make sure that I'm selecting a set of diverse groups that we're going to include in the program and that everybody's aware and it's clear what's diverse, what's not within the sort of context we're in. But also when you're making that definition, have a look at what kind of certifications are available in your local markets to support that program. So you're much better off putting in place a pilot program that maybe doesn't cover the entire scope of all the different diversity groups that could be included, but is actually covers a smaller scope, but you can get the data to support that. And you can find the suppliers to support that program. I think it's better to have a, a smaller well-functioning program than something that tries to do everything and accomplishes very little. And then I think also people need to be thinking about then from a practical perspective, how do I make it work within some of my key procurement processes? So if I'm a buyer, for example, and I need to source something, do my systems tell me which of my suppliers, my existing suppliers are diverse and If I need to go out to market, so if I'm going to run a tender process, are we including those requirements within our request for information, within our request for proposal activity, so that we're assessing the suppliers up front as part of the process that we're going to go through? And then on the back end, you know, having that visibility to what's happening within the program. So having the reporting in place, having the ability to track your diverse suppliers and therefore diverse spend through your systems and the reporting that you're doing. So I think that for me, one of the key things is looking at where you're at and what you can do, where you should focus to move your supplier diversity programs ahead.
1: Thanks, Amy. And I think one of my biggest recommendations that I'm talking to clients about at the moment is really getting help you know, where that help is already available. So here in the UK, we've seen that woman owned businesses tends to be the predominant diverse group that is being addressed by by the initiatives. And for that you've got you know great organisations like We Connect. And then from a race and ethnicity perspective, we've got we've got MSD UK. So again, two really good sources of insight already out there available to people picking this up in Europe. Okay, thanks, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me today. I think we've covered a lot of the interesting points that came out of the study this year. I think
0: it's so exciting to see these results, to see the global expansion of these programs, and I'm very happy to get to share them with with you on this podcast.
2: Yes, thank you, Vicky and Elizabeth. It's been a very interesting conversation on supplier diversity and looking forward to seeing how this topic progresses.
0: Thanks for listening. You can find the audio... Helpful resources and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehacketgroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this or any episode or send us an email at podcast at The Hacket Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackergroup.com.